0: This week in cyberspace. Is the Asia-Pacific ready for the next phase of the internet? It's top of minds for hundreds of delegates gathering right now in Brisbane for the 2023 Asia-Pacific Regional Internet Governance Forum. Government officials, academics, tech experts, industry leaders and civil society representatives like our very own Brett Solomon are there on the ground right now discussing how to achieve a globally interoperable internet. Brett. What's the vibe like there?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of really interesting things that are being discussed here. I think people don't recognise, I don't believe, that, you know, that there's a whole governance framework that sits behind the internet. Like, you and I were just trying to get, get onto Zoom just now and we're having all these problems, but we don't actually see what's behind the front layer. Like, sort of, you know, there's multiple layers in the internet and the infrastructure, the policy and technical infrastructure of the internet is what's being discussed here at the Internet Governance Forum.
0: So it's the uh, Asia-Pacific Regional Internet Gover- Governance Forum or APREGRUF, which is the most <laughs> clumsy acronym I've ever heard. It's hosted by the .au Domain Administration Limited, which is AUDA. Who are these people?
1: Yeah, what's so interesting, isn't it? Because like when you use the internet, you don't think about any of the things that, as I say, that are behind it. And there's all of these different institutions. So, you know, as you mentioned, AUDA, which is like the top level domain for the .au. So they are essentially the hosts and they're part, again, of that infrastructure behind the sort of, you know, your experience on Instagram or you're like downloading a video on YouTube.
0: Wow. Um, and they're hosting a session there called Evolving Internet Governance for the Next Phase of the Internet. How does the internet governance work right now? I mean,
1: it, it so seems like it's a bit shambolic. It's a bit of a cowboy it, it, space. It's It is shambolic. I mean, and that's kind of the beauty of it as well, because... When you think about governance of the world, like if you go to the UN, for instance, or if you think of a national governance, you know, you go to the parliament, the way that the internet evolved over the last 30 years or so is kind of piecemeal. Like it did start as a technical entity um, and then, you know, they realized that they needed to have... A body like ICANN, which is the one that's responsible for the names and the numbers globally they needed to have a standards body which is the ietf they needed to have an engineer's body which is the ieee these are all massive institutions that, you know and they have conferences where literally thousands of people will turn up to discuss the governance frameworks the protocols the ip addresses how to deal with spam how to deal with you know all of these new technologies so that session We'll, I didn't go to it, but that session would have been about, like, what does governance mean in the age of chat GPT? Or what does Internet governance mean in the era of the Internet of Things? All of these new developments, it means the standards and the protocols need to evolve um, with the new technologies as they come about.
0: So what sessions have you been to today?
1: I was, what's it called when you're sort of pigeon, not pigeonhole, but like where the hook comes across and pulls you not off the stage but onto the stage? There was a colleague of mine um, who couldn't make it because of there were just technical issues. So they asked if I would join the session. I was like, when's it starting? They're like, oh, eight minutes. Um, and that um, session was actually on... Um, um, Multi-stakeholderism in cybersecurity, and I know that sounds really obscure, and it is. But one of the things that you know, when we u- when we use the internet, we assume that our identity, that our data, that our information, our address books, etc., are private and that they're secure. And that again comes about because there are standards and protocols that protect data on the internet, both data at rest and data. Um, that flows as well, so there was a so this session was really about um, how what are the sort of um, frameworks around cybersecurity what are the international um, agreements that are being formed, and how should not just governments be involved in that decision making but also companies in civil society so I was the civil society voice, um, and essentially what I was saying was that like in order to get really good governance of the internet, you need to have the user at the table like you need to have the people who are, you know, the 4 billion people who are online.
0: Um, it's represent- a to have them, no, 4 billion. Them. No. How can no, you represent okay. 4 billion people at a table?
1: Well, you know, you want to have representative bodies and entities like Access Now and other organisations that are representative of civil society to say, like, okay, if you make that decision around a cybersecurity treaty and criminalise, for instance, security researchers. that's going to have significant impacts on X, Y, and Z. So we try to, um, you know, multi-stakeholderism is interesting, a really fundamental component. I don't want to get too geeky here, but multi-stakeholderism, i.e. the idea that you will bring multiple stakeholders around the table to determine governance of the internet is in direct conflict to multilateral governance, which is how the world is governed, which is essentially state to state. So it's a really interesting and new-ish kind of experiment with how do we make sure that multiple voices, users, the technical community, the private sector and governments are there to decide how things are done on the internet. Because if we don't, we'll end up with, you know, the chinification or the Russification of the internet, which is, you know looming, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about the presence of China at the at the conference, because um, Nepal is there. And of course, China yep. is a massive neighbour to Nepal. Are they in the house at all?
1: You know, it's a really interesting question now. And thanks for raising it, because what's happened in internet governance is um, that it has actually become a proxy for the Cold War in a sense, i.e., you know, people, governments recognise that whoever controls the future of the internet controls the future of the world, right? Which means that they want to have dominance at the, you know, the General Assembly of the UN, but they also want to have dominance at ICANN. Um, They want to have dominance at the Internet Governance Forum. They want to have governance at all of these other internet governance frameworks. And so you do, I haven't, myself come into contact with uh, a representative of the Chinese government. I'm sure that they're here because this is all about influence. Who gets to have policy supremacy in these forums? And what are the, what are the sort of outcomes of that? I'll just give you a quick example. Um, you know, we do a lot of work on internet shutdowns, which is like on d- intentional disruptions of the network. And there was something like 185 internet shutdowns last year that took place around the world. If internet governance frameworks authorise countries to shut down the internet, then the idea of like when an election happens or when a protest happens that governments do go ahead and do that, if that becomes a norm, an acceptable norm, which many governments want to happen, then we're going to have very little pushback or very little framework to be able to say no to that going forward. So like internet governance, from my perspective, needs to say that connectivity is the most important thing not shutting down the internet when the conversation is you know in opposition to what you believe or what you think
0: speaking of governments the Australian communications consumer action network acan is there they're doing a, a session called the role of uh, the role for government purchasing of accessible information and communications technology
1: uh, yeah
0: I also noticed Do you want the me to
1: for Stra- that?
0: <laughs> yeah, could you? And also I, I noticed that the Australian government is a silver sponsor, not a gold sponsor
1: yeah. of this event. Well, let, let's start there. That's, that's really interesting. So, you know, I, I've been tracking Australia's role in internet governance for a long time. You know, I think what often happens is that countries um, try to exert their influence on the internet and, and certainly how it's managed and how it's governed. As, a, as I say, as a means of, like, showing their political might. Um, and so Australia has kind of been the leading force in the Asia-Pacific region, certainly in the Pacific region, Australia in the Pacific. Um, but really in a kind of substandard way, I would say, I think Australia has not really um, pulled its weight. And, in fact, where it has pulled its weight historically, it's kind of been problematic as well, which is unfortunate. So when you see Australia as a silver sponsor in the Asia-Pacific IGF, it's like, "Mm, don't you think it's time for you to step up and actually play the role that a democracy in this region, in inverted commas, should be playing? You know, and it it is one of the things that's happening as well, which is also concerning. And I know it seems a little remote when you just use the internet and you think, like, you know, the most important thing to you is like the speed with with which, you know, your Insta photo appears or uploads or whatever it is. But um, this is the whole, this is the infrastructure. These are the pipes of the modern world. You know, this is why they're so important. Um, and, I, and, I, and what's happening is, as we think about the global internet, another thing that's sort of another process is this idea of the splinternet, where instead of being part of the global internet, countries are starting to think more about how do I have a national internet? You know, Russia wants a .ru, Iran wants a halal internet you know all and we can talk about that at another time and we want the Um, au internet and we want and we want the au internet and and so that's why these entities are so important because they govern everything from like from commerce to finance to education to healthcare to like we look what happened with the pandemic like everything moved online um on this issue of procurement which is that first panel just quickly (laughs) Uh, I mean, it sounds boring, but it's actually like massive budgets, right? It's like radio towers and submarine cables and internet exchange points. This is huge. And you've seen what's happened with like the US and China, right? Where the US has said no to Huawei, right? That's a procurement issue. It's about which are the companies that they use in order to build the infrastructure of the US internet. And and Congress has basically said, we're not not purchasing um, Chinese infrastructure for our US internet. It's another sort of Cold War situation happening.
0: Amazing. How many people are there? I mean, are there hundreds and hundreds of delegates? Or are are many of them online?
1: Yeah, there's lots of people. I don't know how many people are online. I'd say there's about 500 people here, something like that. You know, one of the things that's really important from my perspective is how to bring the human rights agenda to the internet governance framework. And that's been a real battle. You know, this is not just about bits and bytes. This is not just about like the technical layer of the internet, it's also about how do we ensure that we protect freedom of expression and freedom of opinion and freedom of thought and privacy in the online world, and that has been an uphill battle, and it's going to be an increasingly uphill battle as some of those larger states start to take control of the governance frameworks.
0: Looking at some of the other sessions in this uh, this forum here, hashtag Generation, they're doing a session called Malicious Convergence, addressing emerging trends of gendered hate speech in South Asia. This seems to be a bit of a trend in in, yeah. in the sessions, you know, hate speech and how to be how to be safer on online.
1: Yeah. Who are yeah, these I mean, hashtag
0: generation?
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm i not sure it includes us. <laughs> there is there is a changing of the guard, for sure. Like, you can really see this is a whole new generation of young kids who are coming through, who want to be involved in internet governance. Geeky um, is at my town. Um, and so, you know, I think that's exciting. Um, but it also... You know, and we can talk more about this at another episode of this week in cyberspace. But um, the 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 groups that are coming through are very very sensitive about speech and about control of speech and about hate speech and about incitement to violence. These are really really important issues. It's why we're seeing that trend. It's about. You know, content governance. You and I have talked about this before now. Like, you know, is it the company's responsibility to manage the conversation? Is it the government's responsibility to ensure their regulatory frameworks? Who's responsible for that content? You know, if it does work, result in real world harms. And I think that's one of the reasons why this idea about speech and hate speech is such a prevalent theme in all conferences, whether it be RightsCon or whether it be the IGF here in, in Brisbane.
0: And especially for a lot of women online um, in Southeast Asia, the Lanka School on Internet Governance is there with the Be Safe project. And also, I noticed that uh, Big Tech is in the house, Microsoft. In the
1: house. I mean, I think Microsoft is, is a really interesting player and they're a really interesting point because, you know, they're all they're essentially the owners of OpenAI, AI you know, which is the those who have produced ChatGPT. So it's, it's, you know, again, another major governance question around, you know, what are we going to do? Who's in control of ChatGPT Chat and how does it get managed? What are the principles that underlie it? How do you deal with the data sets, um, you know, discrimination and bias in those data sets that we've talked about before, all of these sorts of questions. Um, but it is good to have the tech companies here, and that's what that idea about multi-stakeholderism is. That's the whole principle on that should underpin the governance of the internet, and you know TBD and TBC, TBC. and AUDA. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, this goes on till the thirty first, till Thursday. Are you going to be there for the whole time. I shan't. You shan't. I
1: shan't. There's only there's only so much governance that one can, you know, <laughs> um, swallow. But I think I'll definitely be here till tomorrow. And um, I think it, you know, it's it's great. It's important. And, and those folks who are interested, you know, you can look up um, internet governance, I mean, there's all these bodies like ICANN that want voices, organizations like Access Now that need participation, the internet governance forum is happening in, That's the, the global one is happening in Kyoto, uh, in Japan in November, and people are, in, you know, you don't need to be anyone special to attend, so would encourage people to participate if they're interested.
0: Fantastic, Brett. Thank you so much for uh, protecting our internet versus the splinternet. I like that.
1: (laughs) Good on you. Thanks now. Bye, Brett. See you next week for this week in cyberspace, eh?
0: Absolutely. See you then.